You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate Radio Show. You're joined by myself, Clancy Overall, and Effie Bateman, our culture editor, my co-host for what was a series of live panel interviews that we did at South by Southwest Sydney. Over a week ago now, we were down there in the Steak and Kidney interviewing an array of guests, and uh, our first one off the ranks is, is is a rather interesting guest, someone we could have only interviewed in Sydney. What did you think? Oh, it was just fascinating talking to who might be one of the most influential figures in Sydney. Miss Double Bay. Miss Double Bay. Miss Double Bay, her name is. Yes, she's a uh, influencer. We were able to interrogate the ins and outs of that industry, uh, industry that is obviously eroding at our industry as mainstream media. But, you know, there were a lot of questions we had um, about aesthetics and grids. and It's a lot harder than I thought it would be yes. being an influencer. I yeah. feel like I've learned a lot and I respect them a lot more now. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot of respect there. Now, it's also a uh, Q&A that we did with a live crowd. It was a room of about 50 people and that was kind of the room we had at South by Southwest Sydney. Uh, we were doing daily wrap-ups. Um, so yeah, we speak a little bit, a little bit about Batuta Advocate, about ourselves, our history as journalists, uh, before we interview uh, Miss Double Bay, the Instagram and TikTok influencer extraordinaire. Uh, yeah, followed yeah, again by Q and A with the audience asking us, both old media and new media, Miss Double Bay, all the questions they had to ask about the work that we all do. Enjoy. Hello, 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 hello. Thank you for joining us here today at the Batuta Advocate's daily wrap up. Been a rather fluid event. Kind of pick our guests as we go. In yesterday's crowd, we had Jeff Fat of the Wiggles fame. Wake up, Jeff! And he said he'd come on, and then he sent us at six o'clock this morning. Sent us a message saying, um, "I have made millions and millions of dollars playing in sold-out stadiums. I don't think I need to really promote myself anymore." So uh, we said, "Thanks, Jeff. We'll keep working on you." But for now, you've just got. Us as media tycoons from the Batuta Advocate. I just want to say, is everyone enjoying themselves here? I just want to ask that first. That's very impressive. There must be a few foreigners here because it's not a very Sydney thing to act like you're enjoying what's happening in the city. Um, This is the city that never sleeps between about 9am and 10pm, you might have noticed. We're busy, busy people during the day when we're down here, but things like South by Southwest are opening the city back up. And I'm going to drink this throughout the show because I couldn't find a bar that wasn't some sort of brand activation in the, <laughs> in the pouring rain. Um, we should introduce ourselves. My name's Clancy Overall. Uh, you might have read some of our work on the Batuta Advocate. I'm the fourth, arguably fifth generation editor of the Batuta Advocate. Got a storied career. Um, my family have been involved in media for many years. My father was an editor. I started off as an intern, like many people used to do back in the day, before we professionalised media. You could just find a local alcoholic that was willing to let you ride along. I did that. It was my uncle. And uh, I kind of worked my way up to sports editor role, but I was still had a passion in me to play football. And I was looking towards a professional career in rugby league, but unfortunately suffered a shocking tib and fib compound fracture. Uh, Stop lying. It was gout. It was... Only good blokes get gout. Uh, I, uh, yeah, it was a compound fracture um, and gout. It was, I, 
wasn't eating many cherries back then. I, I ended up um, having to give up my dreams of football. But from there, I went on the road with the boxing troop. I don't know if anyone from out of town or down south would know. Queensland to this day still had boxing troops with the drum where they put up a tent in regional towns during the rodeo or the races. And they asked locals to step right up and fight a number of men in the in the boxing tent. I was one of them. I was dancing Clancy overall. And I did about 10 years on the road with Jimmy Sharman's boxing tent. Obviously, had to get out of there. That doesn't last forever. So I ended up working as a media advisor for the National Party in Queensland under the Sir Joe Bjorki-Peterson government. And I was hired within the political system in that corrugated iron curtain that we had in Queensland in the 1980s. Uh, I was hired because they liked my experience. Uh, I had the media stripes, but I'd also spent 10 years suffering concussions and drinking too much. So I was perfect for politics in Queensland. <laughs> and then I basically, you know, as I said, it was generational, got back to the Batuta advocate as a young man, just sat there uh, floating around the office until my dad retired and I took his job, like as we do in Australian media. So it was, uh, it was before the term Nepo baby, but it was more of a, it was more of an expectation that I'd stick around long enough to learn how the thing goes. And we very nearly died, um, the Batuta Advocate, Australia's oldest newspaper. We struggled, but luckily we had some young minds in the room who were speaking way out of school by suggesting we go online. Uh, but we eventually relented to some of their ideas and you know, now we're, uh, we've got a readership bigger than the AFR. Thank you to the, you know, the smart aleck young people that decided to tell me how to run a newspaper. Um, I'm glad I listened and I'll let uh, Effie Bateman uh, introduce herself. Hi, uh, Effie Bateman, lifestyle and entertainment reporter at the Batuta Advocate. I think I've been working for you four years now. Mm -hmm. So I was a bit down on my luck and I was, I think you found me sleeping in the back of your ute under a piece of tarp. It had been a Jim Carner the day before, yeah. she? Yeah, but he was very kind and he offered me a job and unfortunately Wendell, who's not here at the moment, he's been interning for a long time. But you know, modern ways, I kind of surpassed him very quickly, mm -hmm. still interning, but he's women's rights, cadet. 2023. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Cream rises to the top, of course, <laughs> in, um, in this era. Exactly. You exactly. were going to rise faster than him. And he's not that bright, the kid. Like, he does all right, but um, she's obviously smarter. So she's, um, he's now a subordinate, despite being 10 years older than you. Exactly. But this is just media, you know, we, we, we run a ragtag operation and, and we do well. We do well enough. I want to talk today, though, about a different type of media. Uh, we're, we're the old newspaper model. We've made a semi-successful transition online. We've had a lot of fun doing it. You know, we have dreams of being bigger, maybe. Maybe bureaus. Remember that? When newspapers had bureaus and they'd have journalists in different parts of the world, even different cities. We'd hope to do that one day. We're thinking Tenerfield would be a good place or maybe Tamworth for Petuta Abbey Bureau, Coffs Harbour. <laughs> then we'd look to go overseas, I reckon. Port Moresby, Hobart, Istanbul, kind of... <laughs> just build a bigger kind of brand for ourselves and, um, and become authorities... In, in a way that you would expect from the fourth estate, from an established Australian newspaper. We wanted to get into a position where we decide who wins elections, who wins wars. We want to decide who wins referendums, uh, which, as you might have noticed, we lost last weekend. Um, our agenda was a little bit off with the mainstream, but we want to get to that position where we have full, kind of almost like a puppeteering level of power over Parliament House. We can push our own agenda and we can effectively 
not pay tax. We can get, you know, the dream would to be to get the $890 million rebate that Rupert Murdoch got off Tony Abbott. <laughs> that was, um, it was close to a, a B that our government gave um, an American media company, but we're not at that level yet. So um, we need to learn. We need to learn new things. And today's guest is actually a very special guest, one that we could only ever hope to meet at South by Southwest, who is an expert in what you'd call content... Creation, influencer. Influencer. She's an influencer. Mm -hmm. uh, you might follow her. Uh, you might live by her rules. You might copy her aesthetic. You might buy the things she tells you to buy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Miss Double Bay. We had a very excited gasp. I heard gasps. Who was that? Well, guess what? We're going to throw to a Q&A a bit later. You can ask any questions you want about... Within um, reason. Within obviously. reason. Um, about old media or new media, whatever you, you want to do. But Should right I now, we're the ones asking up? questions, okay. Mr. Double Bay. First of all, can you explain to us, any readers who might not be from this... Um, open air sewer that is Sydney, what, uh, what Double Bay is? That is a million dollar question because it means... It costs a bit more than a million now, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Well, yes, the average medium house price there is a lot yeah. more than that. Um, look, it's an urban jungle. Yeah. Uh, home to some very native species. Wines. Well, I don't know if you call it wines, real estate agents, yes. maybe? Yeah. I guess maybe to put it in lame terms, I would say it's the Rodeo Drive of Sydney. Right. The Chelsea. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's just, uh, it's where the one percenters are. Okay. Yeah. You mean one percenters in terms of the people we were talking about earlier, the ones we are aiming to, we'd hope to be one day, in terms of economic one percenters or cultural capital? Probably a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, also, I mean, it's also home to a lot of people who, also want to be the one percenters but okay. might not actually aspirational very aspirational like us. Uh, like us a lot of characters there would posh and becks fit in there 100 okay so we're talking yeah okay we understand that demographic i i have heard double bay described as double pay mm. or double bay double pay yes yeah. it's a bit a bit steeper yeah. yeah oh yeah coffee there's probably 8.50. So it's it's not referring to... But that's if you want. That's my order, which is an ice long black with a dash of oat milk. Okay. So the ice itself is like yeah. $3. It's a bit taller too. Yeah. yeah. So it's not referring to two working parents having to bring a double income in to... No. Survive? No, okay. No, no, no. Okay, so There's not many double income households. In no, no, no. There's, there's a lot of housewives there. Yeah. Oh, right. okay, okay. The dream. Um, I so I, I want to ask... Australian dream. I mean, I've studied a student the history of this country and one thing someone always told me when it comes to Sydney is the North Shore and the Northern Beaches are the professionals, the judges and the whatevers. Are they though? And well then, well this is what I, this is what I learned from the textbooks, you know, that adhered to a mythology that we believe in ourselves. Um, there's also, so there's the North Shore of the professionals and you get the kind of people that, you know, in the scheme of things, they're salary men. They work for someone, but they're, you know, they're paid well. And then in the eastern suburbs, you kind of have the more entrepreneurial business, Techies. small business turned big business turned generational wealth, which I think back in the day was a polite way of saying the North Shore was all the Protestants and then the East was all the Jews and Catholics. But 
Uh, what we found is in the middle of this city where we are today is that people are largely godless, including all of you who came to a Batuta <laughs> Advocate live show at South by Southwest. Um, what, what would you describe Double Bay as? Is, 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 there, is it a city of sin? Is it godless? Or are there, are there people, well, are there wholesome to, people? It depends where you go in Double Bay. Okay. Um, I don't know. Has anyone here been out in Double Bay? Mississippi, I would this say it's quite nodding, sinful. Like, this guy's giving it like a year. Bedwin. Um, but then you've got some, you know, some better people maybe at Indigo. It, it all depends. It's, okay. um, it's diverse. It's diverse? Okay. Um, well, it depends what you let's, define let's, let's, let's as diverse. Interro <laughs> let's interrogate that word. No. Okay, I've got a question. As someone who, you know, is considering maybe a different, a different uh, career, what is like their everyday routine of an influencer yes okay well everyone thinks that we have it quite easy but we actually don't and at the moment it's actually very hard for me because i'm also planning a wedding okay. so that mm. obviously i have a wedding planner who's helping me out but still very very stressful so on top of that then what do we want like a day-to-day -day? Yeah, day okay routine. okay so i'll wake up obviously mm -hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yes, we got a little Pilates session. Mm -hmm. Which is very hard if anyone's ever done Pilates. Very hard. A lot harder than you, very you think. Hard. Mm. Uh, followed by a matcha. What's that? Nature's coffee. Okay. Um, then we've got emails, obviously, very yeah. important. What else should I do? <laughs> oh, shooting content. Okay. Yes. Which is probably one of the most important things mm -hmm. of being an influencer. So I usually like to drive around and do some manies around mm -hmm. the eastern suburbs. Yep. Um, and I like to find just like a really nice aesthetic wall. Yeah. What and if you don't find a wall? How do you... How well, do you... there's an app now. So okay. I go on the app <laughs> and I find different... It's kind of like a Google Maps, but for walls. But for walls? Yeah, 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 it's really good. Does it show you like, where all like, the angel wing murals yeah, are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. that's But you important. don't want to go to the hotspots because there's a bunch of other influences there as well. Okay. So you really want to find like the niche ones that no one's really heard of There's yet. the dick one in Darlinghurst yeah. where it's angel wings, but it's all cocks. Is I, that still there? Yeah. Caused a lot of that was, yeah, actually, that it one. did. Yeah. It got graffitied. Yeah. No, I haven't been to that one. You should go to that one. Um, but Depends what brand you're promoting, really. Well, is it exactly. Ansel? Exactly. And yeah. I haven't yet been paid by a brand that would like me to take a photo in front of that wall. In front of the cock wings. So. Um, I, okay, so, so you, you're creating content. That's, what they were, that's the word, by the way. When you hear the word creating, that's what they mean, like taking photographs yeah. of walls in the street. So with that... Um, I, I want to talk about the different aesthetics that exist in this world. Of, I mean, Instagram was not made for people to post anything other than beautiful pictures. That's what it was when it started. It was for artists and for amateur photographers. Now it's got like depraved memes where Elbow's wearing a Joseph Stalin outfit and, and you know, it's like effectively there's a lot of propaganda and all kinds of crazy stuff, a lot of funny stuff too. But it was, it's an aesthetic thing. That's what originally what... And, and people map out their, you know, their social media footprint. They make the sure grid, all their photos... The grid, that's what we call it. The grid. Mm. Yeah. They match out their... They make sure the photos aren't clashing or... Yeah, yeah. There's people a palette? Like, there's a palette. Okay. So some people are very obsessed with the, the grid. So it's when you go to someone's profile and you look at their grid. Um, but so much so where, you know, friendships are lost mm -hmm. over the grid. Okay. Uh, for example, I had a friend, obviously wasn't me... She wanted me to upload a photo of her so, you know, she could get some more followers. Okay. Um, and then I didn't like the way that she looked on my grid. So, obviously, a couple of days 
after. You gave her that initial. I I'm I archived her right, yeah. um, which is when you erase them. You from erase your them yeah. from your grid. Mm-hmm. Um, well, obviously she didn't like that, and she took that you know personally, which I mean you know don't know why. Yeah. Um, it's all business, baby. It was all business, so yeah. she just didn't match with my. So I really like to cut people who don't match my. Grid. Who else do you have to cut out of your life as an influencer? Well. Look, I've had a couple toxic people I've had to cut out okay. in my life. What yeah. makes them toxic? So, look, the general rule is under 10K. Get rid of them. Get rid yeah. of them. Okay. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, as my grandfather says, you know, you sleep with dogs, you get up with fleas, yeah. right? It's well, <laughs> you know, they're not helping me at the, out at the end. No. Yeah. They're leeching off me. Yeah, for so, sure. So, um, your aesthetic, I want to talk about this. You're obviously not the same as the mainland Chinese girls I see in Kirribilli posing with the jacaranda trees, which is <laughs> definitely like an aesthetic and people travel the world for it. Are you like an expo- exposed brick kind of like hair over face thing or are you more like active wear? Well, I'm more like to make it look like I don't know the photos being taken. Nice. Oh. So it's like... Okay. I like the ones you where know? they're laughing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like so that takes a lot of years. It's hard. Practice. It's hard. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's actually, it's a lot harder these days because now we got the Tiki Tok. Yeah. We got, I was about to say Snapchat, but. They well, tried no to do really be real Snapchat. and it's like, no. Snapchat's mostly no. just for people having affairs, right? Like. I thought it was for drug dealers. Uh, and them, yeah. I thought I mean, it was. How the hell do you know that? Anyway. What <laughs> uh, I do want to ask about. The marketing aspect of it. I mean, obviously, there's some people in this audience that might not have ever heard the term influencer, though you've heard it. If you work in advertising, you'd see the line items. Lots of money going to these people. We want to figure out how they justify that and what do you give them? Well, exposure. Exposure. Which is the main thing. And influence. Like, a lot of people, you know, they want to be me, right? Okay, yeah. It's aspirational. Yeah. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. So if I say, hey buy this t-shirt for $450 and you can be like me, use at promo code hashtag MissDoubleBay for 10% off, right? It's, how could you not? It's a (laughs) no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. So they go looking for you or they go looking for someone like you? Yes. uh, Well, usually you have a manager. Okay. If you're any good, mm-hmm. I would say you have a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and they usually, you know, the manager does a deal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say, well, look, we are a brand at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. We're almost, we're on a database. Yeah, for sure. They track us. Well, they'll never catch me because I'm, <laughs> I'm non, non-enrolled voter and I don't pay tax. Um, have you ever had, so I've seen things in the news where somebody, an influencer will go to a restaurant like, hey, if you feed me for free, I'll give you exposure. And then the restaurant owner will take to the news.com and be like, this silly person came and tried to get free food. And, and everyone will think, you know, it's so stupid. But have you had any interactions like that where they haven't seen the opportunity that you're giving them? <clears throat> I don't. I Who don't... was it? Matt Moran? <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Well, look, it's also the thing with influencers is the audacity. We have the audacity. Mm-hmm. And also we're quite used to just having everything for free. So when we go anywhere and do anything, yeah. it should be free, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so 
I, you know, I say, why not give yeah. me a free meal? Because I will do one Instagram story, yeah. tag you with the caption, yum. With the burrata expression. And yeah. booked out. Yeah. Got to have the love the heart next... emoji eyes yeah. as well. Yeah. You know? yeah. Best hashtag, best restaurant. So what happens when you meet someone, you meet your maker, where you meet a chef who's got far more social influence. Not many people do, mind you. But there would be people that probably have a little bit more following and they don't think that they need you. Do you have to then come back with like a multi-layered proposal? Well, like I think a, it's just being strategic, right? Okay. Like maybe don't go for the restaurants that you okay, know. Okay, go for the povo chefs. Go for yeah. the, you know, yeah. the... Yeah. Mum and dad's restaurants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. ones that actually can't afford to pay for it. Well, no, not... no. Like, first of all, they really can't afford to say no to you. That's Ooh, what you've yes. got to go looking they're for. They're desperate. So, you've got to so sniff out the desperate basically exploit ones. a free meal out of working people. I, um... I also want, now that we know the business aspect of influencing, I want to talk about the reason these people gasped when you walked in the room. You obviously speak to an entire generation of woo girls. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the X? You've made it, you made, uh, you really popped off with the X. Yeah. Can you first of all explain to the people over 32 and a half what ick means? I see. This is the thing. It's a hard one to. It's just a feeling. I okay. feel like everyone here has gotten an ick before, anyway. whether it's from a guy or a girl or just like a cringy situation mm -hmm. that just makes you shrivel. Like when they lean over and grab something off your plate on the first date. Yeah. See, to me, I don't find that an ick, okay. but to you, it obviously is. <laughs> I got the ick from you the other day because you leant over and I saw your bum crack. <laughs> <laughs> Well, See, that's, that's an I mean, it's, you're late. I mean, isn't a functional office is where everyone has the ick for one another? That's a good workplace. Yeah, but. I think it's more. It may. It, it's obviously a bit more elevated when it's you know the opposite sex. Okay, Especially so number one. Especially if you're in the you know initial stages of dating. Number one ick. Well, why don't we toss it around to the crowd right, and get some icks from let's there? Get, um, what's your ick? Um, Ooh. Yep. Nicotine or red wine? Which one's worse? Yeah. yeah. I think we can be a bit more trivial than that. Tiny yeah. hands. Tiny, tiny hands. See? There we go. Tiny hands. <laughs> I like that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Anyone up the back with any specific X? Oh. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. You also didn't you say when guys say froth? Froth. On froth and a Let's beer. Let's go. Yeah. Milk, drinking milk. Drinking milk? Oh, like a full glass of milk. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's fucked up. I do not envy these blokes in Sydney, that's for sure. It's a minefield out there. Now, we're going to throw to the crowd today for some uh, for a Q&A, effectively. You can ask us about old media or new media. You can ask us about the Batuta Advocate, our storied history, some of the stories we've written over the years, the different politicians we've interviewed and we'll say there's no cameras in here so we'll just say whatever the fuck you want to hear um, i also have a promo code if anyone wants to ask me about that and <laughs> she's also what, what else are you selling you got water bottles or some shit um yeah that's pretty much it yeah. water bottles and myself obviously yeah yeah for sure i mean that's the aim of the game selling yourself i wouldn't mind one of those like they look like horror movie face masks oh the, the led ones well, those are scary too, oh, but just that wet cloth that yeah. people wear on their faces. Yeah. The LED the shit lights, out of me. right? Yeah. Or are you thinking of something else? No, what's the, just the face mask? The, the, oh, the you, you can literally get them from Kmart for $5. Terrifying stuff. <laughs> uh, is there any questions about the state of the media today? We'll answer it for you. I obviously, obviously revealed to you about 
tax fraud at the high level of Australian media. Um, if there's anything else. Oh, we've got one up here. On the uh, Batuta Advocate Presents series, mm-hmm. when you open the credits, there's a bunch of files. I'm keen to know what the Barossa Nazis are. Well, <laughs> we have a complicated history in this country. I think we all know that. We know that there was a large German population living in that particular region of uh, South Australia. We know that Adam Bant, whose family's from South Australia, has a German last name. I'm not at all insinuating that he's a Nazi, <laughs> but I, I am insinuating that there's a lot of German heritage in this country that stems from that part of the world. Now, what you don't know, because we don't really tell the history of this country very well, because we basically have a mythology of basically Crocodile Dundee and Paul Hogan. That's the only two people that have ever existed in Australian history. But there was a time when the Barossa people had their own culture and their own language, similar to that of the Afrikaans in South Africa. And they had their own Creole, which there's still people today that were first, like their first language was Barossa Dutch. So, of course, when you live in an isolated German community, and there's crazy shit happening back home. You kind of want to get back in on it in the 1940s. So that's that was basically the Bar- the Barossa Nazis. We haven't done that one. We've we've covered a few things, obviously, so on the Batuta presents. But um, yeah, I'd like to um, cause a lot of shame for a lot of rural families in South Australia trying to forget that part of the history. But um, that is yeah, that is that's a fact. I'm sorry. Has there ever been an article that? has swayed public opinion about something. Have you ever, like, felt the seed of power before with something you've published? It's hard to to judge that. We felt it, certainly felt it during the pandemic when we we kind of were running some unpopular angles. I remember there was one particular moment where there were all these people from Western Sydney who were basically, you know, I'm not sure if you know much about Sydney, but they have this thing called the Red Rooster Line. Red roosters run diagonally across this city. On one side's the eastern suburbs, on the other side's the western suburbs. Um, you won't find any red roosters in Coogee or Bondi. They run down Cogra, kind of Hornsby to Cogra, right? And we made, it became very evident to everyone that everyone on the western side of the red rooster line was in lockdown, and all the important people, the judges and the media, on the eastern side of the red rooster line weren't in lockdown. And then eventually, you know, they blew up. On the, on the west side of it, and they marched through the city. They were derided as anti-vaxxers, and they're spreading their virus into the city. What are you doing in here? Get out there. You guys are bogans. You're eating misinformation. You're fucking despicable, unwashed pigs. Get out of here. That was basically the sentiment. We, we went, we kind of cheered them on a little bit. We said, fucking stick it to them. And we got absolutely roasted for that. So I don't know if that was, if, we don't know if that's a metric of saying the quiet bit loud kind of might, change some public opinion but you'll always get piled on if you're saying something that's unpopular um but we are sadistic in the sense that we'll just double down the next day and then triple down the next day because it's fun it's a sport but uh i I don't know i think maybe early days with uh tony abbott's indigenous envoy role we might have been able to take the mickey out of him a little bit in a way that what wouldn't have been possible if we hadn't turned him into an elder and nicknamed him Uncle Tony. <laughs> but we don't, it's hard to measure, you know what I mean? I don't know, I don't know if we would have a 
we've got a big audience, but it's quite spread across, you know, different demographics and all around the country. You know, we, our audiences basically follow the population of the country. And I don't know if we have enough concentrated readers in one area to sway a political result, if you know what I mean, in our system anyway. Um, certainly had no luck in the referendum. Not, by the way, we're not trying to do that. That's not, we, we'll be able to do that when we get to a point where we, we're not in a position to do that yet. Once we, you know, start having those meetings in Canberra and getting those tax abatements, we'll do it. And it's, it's all over all of you because there'll be no class solidarity. There'll be nothing. We'll be, you'll all be turning on each other and there'll be a different enemy every month. Do people actually tip you off with stories? Do you get inside tips and people writing in specifically wanting you guys to do a write-up? Yeah, we do get tip-offs. We get kind of... Um, I guess, you know, anyone does, but you certainly get... It's always someone in a pub. And I guess that's how it's always been with media. And that's why traditionally journalists have been such bad alcoholics because the, the art is to get inside a pub and convince someone to tell you a secret. But nowadays with social media, they'll just do it themselves. They'll get pissed and message you. So we do... Uh, we don't have to do this that much. Miss Double Bay, any questions for her? Um, tell me about the wedding. Did you get that all paid for? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to. <laughs> um, that with the ring, was that all paid for? No. Oh. So I... There's a bit of a story with I the ring. I did the old-fashioned thing of just finding a guy in finance, so <laughs> that worked out well for me. Um, look fine line between doing a sponsored wedding, I would say. Uh, it could go one way or the other, but I am in talks with Aperol Spritz, so we're hoping for, you know, a sun-kissed kind of wedding situation, so stay tuned. Just and I'll also call Daily Mail and make sure that yeah, they... Um, get them in the trees. Get them in the trees. Uh, don't know why they, they, you know, how they got there. But, what about um, Justin Hams? You could kind of lean on him for a bit of, bit of a wedding venue in Naruma. Is that his new spot? Oh, cool. Maybe we could get some toddies catering. Can you tell the story about the engagement? Are you happy to do that? Wait, what, what, what? How he, he proposed to you organically and you hadn't had a manicure... Oh, yeah. Yes. That was I horrendous. Know. I know. He was so committed to surprising her with a ring that she couldn't post her hand on Instagram. Well, this is the worst thing, right? <laughs> he proposed to me with just like a placement band. It didn't even have any sparkly little no diamonds rock. on it. And, you know, we had to take the photo. Um, so I obviously waited till I got the ring and then we went and, you know, staged the whole thing again. Um, and everyone else yeah, yeah, so it was really special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really special. Yeah. Anyone else Thank have you a question questions. about the dark arts of influencing for Miss Double Bay? <laughs> I've got a quick one. I'm um, Double Bay adjacent, but definitely not a one percenter. Ooh. Uh, Bellevue Hill. Okay. So, um, nice. Oh, the working class. <laughs> the working class. I just wanted to ask, the media is traditionally obsessed with youth and quite critical of ageing. Influencers, uh, as I see them anyway, are, are typically quite young, beautiful. Have you given any thought to how the art of influencing will age? Uh, well, there's definitely a trend at the moment of seeing influencers kind of going out without makeup. Um, for example, Pamela Anderson just did something at Fashion Week where she went makeup free. But 
it, there's a spectrum, right? And today with, you know, Facetune and everything and AI, you, you don't really even know if what you're looking at is real. Um, oh, yeah. So I don't know, it's a bit scary, I would say. But you've seen it, mate. You've seen the softcore pornography turn into mummy blogging. <laughs> it does. I mean, we follow them on that journey. Um, and who knows? We'll see them soon. They'll be renovating houses. You know, you kind of get to follow them through life. But um, well, there is as a um, you know circle of life mm. to influencing, and it starts. You get them hooked when you're young and you're hot. Yeah. And then you you take them all the way through to kids. Um, you know, and then start a business. Maybe start a you know, business. Selling yeah. baby swaddles or no, clothing. Spray whatever. tanning company at home. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, that's always works. It's the world you and the case in the case in file is that we've obviously all watched the Netflix documentary on Beckham is posh. Like everyone's all the men that fell in love with her on Ralph magazine are still in love with her to this day. And uh, she's kept him on that journey with the hooks of, you know, her seductress kind of uh, not smiling. Not smiling and uh, asymmetrical haircuts. She's had us the whole time, man. Yeah. Would you say the same for Bex? Has he kept... Well, he's had a lot of work, though. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't, well, he couldn't move his face. He's talking about a lot of shit. Um, I don't know. I think it's different, right? Um, I feel like there's more men obsessed with Beckham, David Beckham than there are with Probably. Posh, I would say. Um, I, don't, I know football fans are a bit weird. But would you say... <laughs> I, I was thinking that watching that show, that there was the merging of such huge cultural kind of mm. forces in, in sport and the biggest pop star in the world, well, she's one of the biggest pop band in the world and he was the biggest sports star in the world. They might have been the first, the first influences. Yeah, before Kim and Kanye. They were probably the original Kim and Kanye, yeah. minus the... Yeah. Well, minus all the, the chaos. I mean, Kim's been married a few times, but that also, another tip, get married to a new guy and you can kind of pull a bit from his kind of clout so you get different audiences. Like the Kardashians will bounce between rappers and footballers and then occasionally like businessmen. Yeah. They're not far off like the Jackie Onassis Greek shipping magnate, you know what I mean? Um, but I guess that's how you build a, as a professional socialite. Um, yeah, well, it's not about what which, you know, it's about who you, you are. You've got a finance guy, right? Well, you do. So. Yeah. He won't let me post about him though, which is right. so unfortunate. <laughs> So we've got to talk about AI. Are you ever going to take a photo of yourself again? Or are you going to leave it down to, leave it down to AI to do your job for you? Oh, that's a tough one. Well, I actually just saw that um, meta AI thing with Kendall Jenner. I don't know if anyone's seen that, where she's pretty much sold her soul for two years and they've made an AI copy of her. So if someone, you know, presents me with that same offer, I would be more than happy to do that. <laughs> that would have been in the high hundred millions, right? Yeah. Yeah. The world got itself in a hurry. That should be the motto of South by Southwest Sydney. The world got itself in a hurry. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Miss Double Bay. Thank you. And thank you, Effie Bateman. Woo!